Hello, I'm Zipporah, and this is Talking Blind. I am pleased to present you with another side of visual impairment in the areas of socialization, education, employment, assistive technology, children and family, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our up-and-coming episodes. Please stay tuned. Well, I hope that you enjoyed the world of vision loss and the children who live in it because this is the follow-up, blind parents and their children. Before we get to those episodes, I would like to let you know that normally I wouldn't be showing a lot of clips. However, As you can probably tell in some of the other episodes, I'm having issues with my voice. And until that gets better, I still want to provide you with good content. And so I have to find it elsewhere. I really appreciate you holding on with me. Please continue to listen. And I promise things will get better. Enjoy. mention just a few myths that we get as blind parents about our children and I'm quite sure that you parents that are listening can back me up and please do leave me a message on my message board and I will put those on our Friday podcast or on a future podcast the first one which is I guess one of the most common ones that I still get today. And my kids are 25 and 22. Oh my goodness. She must be such a great help to you. I know you really appreciate having her around, don't you? (laughs) Now, I'm sorry, but this is so funny to me. And I'm looking at this person like, you must not be a parent because... You tell me how helpful your children are to you. I mean, of course, they can see. And yes, they may uh, pick up something that I drop before I can get to it. But that is not the same as them being so helpful to me. I'm still a parent. I still raise my children. I'm still teaching my children. I taught them how to be good little girls and sit still they were potty trained they went to school and even though I had a sighted spouse that helped me raise my children oh here's another one because he's sighted he has to be the one that's doing everything and it is so good to have him around because he's taking care of me and the children and that's such a big responsibility and don't get me wrong He did a lot, but he also worked. And while he's at work, the kids still need to have their hair done. They still need to get off to school. They still need to be picked up from the bus stop. 
and taken home and helped with homework and fed and bathed. And guess what? Guess who did those things? Mommy, the blind lady. (laughs) I mean, just as ridiculous as I just made that sound. Those are things that society really believes about blind parents. I mean, it's very hard because there are not very many of us running around town each and every day. So a lot of society don't even get a chance to see how amazing blind parents are. There are so many blind and visually impaired parents out there who are living life, working, and raising their children successfully. And it is always awesome to see how blind organizations such as ACB, American Council of the Blind, are spotlighting the success of these parents. Take a listen to our next clip and See what an amazing job that these two parents are doing with their two-year-old. And I'm the father to Tyler, our two-year-old son. Sandy hair, sport coat. Tyler can see, but both Rebecca and I can't. Rebecca and Tyler play with Legos. So life is interesting as it is for anybody that has a two-year-old child but it's it's interesting for us in that uh, he's obviously very active he is sighted he is curious about his world which any kid of that age should be Uh, and he's he's learning how to how to navigate his his world and how to how to communicate and express his wishes and desires in different ways learning his vocabulary and so it's uh it's a it's a wild ride it's great he's got a great he's got a great temperament i think he's got a really cute voice also he's got a he's just uh he's great and i'm not afraid to say that i'm totally biased about that blonde-haired tyler scampers past his mom as parents who are blind We do take uh, certain things into consideration, uh, for example. And a lot of, I know that a lot of sighted parents do similar things as well to keep track of their kids, but. Rebecca helps Tyler with shoes and socks. We, uh, we attach little bells to his shoes or to the back of his shirt so that we can hear him when he's roaming around the house or uh, in the backyard or in our our courtyard in the front of our townhouse. The family outside of a restaurant. When we're out in public with him, uh, we utilize a, what he likes to call a backpack. He actually calls it his doggy because it's, it's uh, a little uh, harness of sorts that it looks and feels like a backpack with a dog on the back. Tyler walking down the hallway. The doggy has a tail, a really long tail, which is essentially the... Uh, Kind of the, the leash that gives him uh, 
probably three or four feet of freedom, but also we can wrap around our wrist so that we know where he is. It's a, an incredibly fulfilling thing to be able to engage with your with your kid. And you know, he's only two, so the engagements will become even greater and uh, louder probably and uh, more intense, <laughs> good and bad uh, in the future. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. I mean, we, we wanted to have a kid. And, uh, you know, it, it took us a little while to, to have a kid. And we're so grateful that we have him. Rebecca puts pants on Tyler. We use something called a color identifier uh, for his clothes. That It's this uh, device that you... Uh, wave over or press up against clothing and it will say audibly what the color is or colors are um, so that we're able to, to ensure that he uh, he's coordinated and uh, on top of that we have some you know, rather neutral like pants and shorts that go with him too so Tyler crawls on off the side of a bed he's a little boy I mean he loves he loves to play with cars and trucks, and we roll them back and forth in our house. Um, he likes to play with blocks, and he loves building his towers. He calls them towers. Tyler stacks Lego pieces. Tyler knocks over the stack. He loves to destroy the towers, <laughs> and blocks go flying everywhere. Tyler retrieves a Lego block. It's, uh, it's pretty neat. It's, uh, it's just nice having a kid that has a good, he's got a good sense of humor. Eric tickles Tyler. He listens pretty well. Um, not Obviously not 100% because he's two. Uh, but he's just, uh, oh, he's just a cute kid. Amazing. You know, I can remember when my children were young and they had school events and I would take them. One day they had a skate party and people thought I was crazy because I put on my skates and I went out there with my kids. I mean, we had a great time. We skated around the rink and I used to take them skating all the time. There are a number of things that we as blind parents will attempt with our children. I'm telling you, I know people that are out there uh, running races, uh, backpacking, hiking, riding bikes. I remember I used to ride bikes with my kids. I ran into a pole one time, but <laughs> they got a big kick out of it. I'm just saying that being a blind parent is no different than being a parent period you know we just do it a little differently but we do it I was actually watching a YouTube video of the guy that does the blind life and he was interviewing his nephew whose parents are both blind and He's asking him, you know, general questions about how it is to have blind parents. And he's asking him, you know, right now, 
Is he embarrassed uh, because his parents are blind? Just take a listen because I like how this boy has sense of humor and how he is dealing with having two blind parents. The only thing that would um, somewhat embarrass me, and even then it really didn't, was recently my friend Cersei came over and he saw the te- the like the chairs were like so close to the TV, and I asked him, or he asked me, um, what who sits that close to the TV? And I was like, yeah, my 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 mom and dad have low vision, so they have to sit pretty close. And they're like, oh, does that like does that like is that a burden on you? I'm like, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and you had mentioned about driving. In the times that your parents your, or your dad wasn't driving, and of course your mom's never been able to drive, was that strange growing up or was that different? Honestly, I can't really remember of how, how we got around, like I said. So, I don't know. I always remember thinking when I was younger that all women can't drive just because my mom couldn't drive. So, But now I think that but even then, even then, like when I would see a girl driving, I'd be like, "Boy, <laughs> what's going on here?" So, but of course, you know that's not true. You just never know. What are what's running through our children's mind as they're growing up and they're viewing their blind parents? I mean, my kids always um, thought of me a little differently. My youngest told me that I don't fit in with blind people because I'm not a regular blind person <laughs> and I'm not a sighted person. I'm my own person, which... <laughs> Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out, but, you know, I get it. I kind of do get it sometimes when I I see some blind people and I see that, you know, we kind of walk and talk in different worlds. And, you know, sometimes when I'm with sighted people, I feel like I'm not quite, you know, always there, especially when it comes to um, visual things. But... It's 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 um <laughs> it's something to to just you know kind of reflect on. I mean, this kid's not done. Just listen to how he talks about um, his parents' uh, driving ability. Always, it, it was back. I think I think um, we when we first when he first started like had a string when he just came over like every weekend and. My dad couldn't go get him, and I'm pretty. I think Dylan was already moved out by then, mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of hard. And his, and like, so his dad, his his parents would have to bring him to my house, so so that uh, and his and his parents are really busy, so that a lot of times he couldn't come over, and that really made me mad. And he and he, I remember him asking, "Why can't your parents just come get me?" I was like, and I remember not telling him. I think I just, I think I told a lie, but I can't remember. Yeah, I know that's tough. Um, I know my kids have missed out on a lot of things because we couldn't drive, or because I couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. Maybe my wife was at work, and um, you know, so she Skyler mainly Skyler couldn't go do something because I couldn't take her, or I couldn't go pick up the, the friends. So yeah, I can see how that would be tough. 
and even um, big cities. Like when we went to Texas to go visit Aunt Betty, um, we we try to go around all the big cities because he doesn't like driving in big cities. Yeah. So we got on like I think it was like Interstate 40 or something, and we we're almost like we were like 10 miles away from Austin, so we were freaking out. And it was like a lot of road construction, so we were freaking out. Because Austin's a big city. Mm -hmm. children when they were younger and going to school I had to um, try different things uh, especially when it came to dealing with the teachers with me being totally blind sometimes getting a, a teacher to understand that if they had say notes to send home if they could email them to me that that would help me out. That way I was able to read it because I had a screen reader on my computer. They didn't quite understand how that process worked. Or even some of the teachers just felt like that wasn't their job to um, go above and beyond and send things to me. Now, my children had some really good teachers that did you know, help me with materials like that, uh, sending them via email or you know, calling me and letting me know that there's a note coming home, at least, you know, when they were in elementary school. When they started to get into middle school and, you know, high school, some of the teachers in the beginning would think that, um, you know, the children, you know, didn't have the, the support that they needed at home. And it was because they knew that my children had a visually impaired parent. It wasn't until after we sat down in meetings or I went to school events that they got to know me and they seen that I was capable of doing the same thing that other parents were doing. My kids used to always say that, you know, as a parent, um, I did a lot more as a mother than their friends' mothers were doing for them. And, you know, in some ways, I always thought that I had to do a little more and I had to be there a little more because they already had a negative image of me. So I wanted to show them that just because I was visually impaired did not mean that my children didn't have the support at home. You know, um, we, they were being raised by two parents. However, during school times, you know, uh, he was working. And so when it came to school events and things like that, if he wasn't off or wasn't able to take off, then I would be the only one there. So without people actually knowing you, the first thing they think is, oh, well, this is a, a blind single parent. And, you know, that wasn't the case. But it was always a battle to me to always prove that my kids were going to be okay. And people used to always ask me, well, how do you help them with their homework? You know, how do you know that they did their homework? And there were some difficult moments where, you know, yes, they would do their homework and I wasn't sure if it was written down, but what I did was I would have them either read it back to me and if they act like they could not read it back to me, that means they didn't quite do it. 
And I'll say, okay, we'll go finish it up. And then, you know, like I said, I had a spouse. So when he would come home, he would go back over their homework and make sure that they did what they were supposed to do. When it came to teaching them, you know, I had a lot of different methods that I used. Sometimes I would turn, you know, the learning experience into, you know, a game. Um, More or less when they were in elementary school, I did a lot of things like that. But you find the techniques and the tools that work for you. Like the clip that I'm about to show you, the father is a low vision. And he is using modern technology that I'm quite sure all of you have. And he's showing you just how convenient it could be in the process of working with your kids in their homework. So take a listen. My kids bring home a list of spelling words every week that they have to memorize, learn, and know how to spell by the end of the week. Sometimes it's 10 words. As they get older, it's been up to like 25 to 30 words. And usually my wife will look at the paper call them out, and they'll spell them. But for me, it's hard to look at the paper. But one trick I found that's really beneficial is use my smartphone. Now, if you have a compact sort of magnifier, you can do this as well, but you always have your smartphone with you if you have a smartphone. So what I do is I pull out the smartphone, I take a picture of the spelling words or the whole list, you know, I pull back far enough, and then I can zoom in on it and give each word as I need to. And so that's been very beneficial and very helpful to give these kids the spelling words. In fact, my kids now come to me with their paper and say, here, take a picture of this. You know, it's already, it's in their mind that I'm going to take a picture and give out their spelling words. So that's a great little tip if your kids have spelling words each and every week. Another great tip is to get something like this. And this is just a simple whiteboard. It's not huge. It's not very big. It's not something you'd hang up on the wall necessarily. It's something you could carry around from room to room and, and you know, stow away somewhere pretty easily. But this way, you can get yourself a very dark marker and write on the whiteboard maybe math problems, uh, graphs, pictures, whatever you need to see. And that way, it gets it off of the paper and onto this, and you can help them with that. And so then you could draw, you know, a big 14 and say plus 6 and boom. So in that episode, the father was uh, visually impaired, and as you can see, he used his uh, smartphone to, you know, zoom in on the page and make it larger and take a picture so that he could go over the vocabulary with his children. And, you know, as a totally blind parent... I did things similar to what he did, but with my kids being able to know their alphabet and everything like that, I had them spell each word that was on their vocabulary list, and I would either braille them up or I would uh, type them up on the computer. I would even sometimes have them type the words up on the computer. And once they hit the space bar, because I had the screen reader, it would tell them exactly what the word was. So there's a lot of tips and techniques out there that um, visually impaired and blind parents alike are using. Just, you know, find the one that works for you. We'll we'll definitely discuss a whole lot of these uh, further down the line. But I just wanted to, you know, share that with you because we are helping our children learn.
Well, I want to thank you for holding on to the end. I know I probably lost quite a few people along the way, but that's to be expected. I appreciate your support. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. Thank you for your donations to keep the podcast going. I'm going to do the very best that I can possibly do. And remember that I love comments. I love people to tell me what's better, what needs to be improved, what I can add to my podcast, because that's the only way that I will provide good content for the blind and visually impaired individuals that need it. Thanks again. I look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great and wonderful and blessed day. Please come back on Friday where we have our question and answer segment where I will answer any question that you leave on my messages or that you email me at talkingblind2020 at gmail.com. Look forward to talking to you.